Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. So if you haven't been uh, with us in the last few weeks, uh, that's fine. I'm going to catch you up here. We are in a series uh, over 10 weeks talking about what we think, um, core truths of our Christian faith. This is part of a larger series throughout the year where we're, we're being shaped, we're being transformed into, into people who follow Jesus, right? We're, we're, we believe that we are a new creation in Christ. Uh, the old is gone, the new has come, and, and God is trying to bring that out in us. But for us to live into that new creation, to sometimes change, uh, it takes sometimes our mind, right? It takes sometimes the practices, the things we put our hands to. And, and, and it also is a, uh, a picture, there's a picture of who we want to be, right? Character, virtue. Well, in these first 10 uh, weeks, we're talking about core truths of the Christian faith, so I can't by any means, I've said this over the last couple of weeks, I can't give you every scripture to say, well, here's all the biblical proofs. I'm going to give you some, um, but what I'm inviting you into is this is what Christians have believed for centuries, all the way back to Jesus. And in that, um, we want to explore what are the implications? What does this actually really mean for our lives? And so do you, what, what makes it worth believing these truths? Why are they important for us? So today we're talking about this question. We, have, we, we start every, every time with a core question for us. And our question is, so how do I have a right relationship with God? The last two weeks we've talked about who God is. God is one um, in three. So the one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's the Christian revelation of who God is. And then last week, as I prayed, actually, we have a personal God who's active in our daily lives. He keeps us in the midst of the ups and downs in life. So it kind of naturally comes, then how do I, if I believe that about God, if God is involved and wants to be with me, how do I have a right relationship with him, right? Seems to be a natural question that flows out of the more we understand who God is. Well, our core truth then uh, is this. I believe that a person comes to be in a right relationship, comes into a right relationship with God by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that a person, we, come into a right relationship with God by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And our key verse, place to hang your hat on, is out of Ephesians. Paul is a follower of Jesus. He writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says it like this in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace means unmerited favor, unearned love. So this is all on God. It's 100% God to us. Right? For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Now, faith is our trusting in, our believing in that grace. He goes on to say, through faith, and this is not a gift, this is not from yourself. So even our ability to believe in God is a gift from God. Right? So the whole idea of being able to be in relationship with God is because of his love. 
That's it. Because he chooses. For God so loved the world, yeah, he chose to love each and every one of you this morning. Whether you believe it or not, the truth in our Christian faith is you are saved by grace through faith, Jesus Christ. And it's not a work. It's not by works. It's a gift of God. And it's not by works so that what? None of us can boast. God knew what we couldn't do. Did it for us. He knew we couldn't find our way back to him. Right? That there is something in our lives that keeps us from the right relationship with God. And there's something in that question, isn't it? Like the minute you go, how do I have a right relationship with God? It means that maybe things aren't. Right? You like that? There's my philosophical depth. Actually, you want to see more of my philosophical depth? Calvin, swift kick in the butt, one dollar. Yeah, that's my kind of lemonade stand. (laughs) Hobbs, how's business? Terrible. Well, that's hard to believe. Can't understand it. Everybody I know needs what I'm selling. How many of you are like, yeah, I'm going to set that up this afternoon? Let's be honest. Come on, we're real people. <laughs> now, is that the way, though, you know, as, as, as Kelvin finds out, right, business ain't going to go so well. Uh, and thank God this morning, that's not God's approach to the world, setting up a lemonade stand and going, hey, swift kick in the butt, and I'm going to make you pay for it, too, <laughs> and you're going to like it. <laughs> but it is acknowledging there's something that Calvin picks up on, there's something our question picks up on, is that something in our lives isn't right. We need salvation. That's our topic for this morning. We need someone to step in because, man, something seems a little off. Well, let me make us, take us back to Ephesians 2, to a couple earlier verses. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. As for you, Paul says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. I don't know how you can be more definitive than that, right? You're dead. You're done. You're lifeless. You got nothing <laughs> in your transgressions and your sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work, and those who are disobedient. Goes on to say, all of us also lived among them at one time. Every one of us, right? There's not one of us who doesn't live within this sin story. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts like the rest. He says, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Well, what is this nature according to the scriptures, according to the Bible, the Christian faith? Well, Paul says this in Romans 5. And in Romans, he writes primarily to what would be called a Gentile audience, so not non-Jewish believers, those who didn't come up with necessarily an understanding of the one God that the Jewish people did. Um, So he says this, hey, listen, in Romans 5, and I'm using the New Living Translation, that's what the NLT means, But he says, when Adam sinned, so Adam and Eve, first creatures, right, first human beings on earth who had the image of God, when they sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. 
Go on into verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. I liken this, and, and, and maybe you've heard me say this before, um, but kind of like when Adam and Eve first sinned, after God creates this beautiful, good world, and then they decide to go things their own way. They decide not to listen to God. Not, they took for granted the relationship, the right relationship they were in with him, and they said, you know, we're going to buy into the devil's lies, his manipulations. And we're going to say, it's all about me and my decisions. And my, you know, I'm going to be God. I'm going to be like God. They didn't say, I'm going to be God. They were just going to be like God. <laughs> what happened? It opened Pandora's box. <laughs> right? If you know some of Pandora's box. Once Pandora's box opens, can you ever close it? No, it's, it's one of those, those, those phrases and the idea and the story all comes back to the fact that, man, once sin entered the world, it's now part of the story, whether we like it or not. Scripture uses all kinds of images um, and words for sin. I'm going to just share some of these uh, this morning. Throughout the Bible, it talks about sin being a failure or a falling short. How many of you have ever fallen short in something? Well, guess what? Welcome to sin. <laughs> you didn't live up to expectations. How about lawlessness? How many of you have ever broken the law? Not proud of it, but I rose my hand quickly because that was, yeah. <laughs> How about an absence for the reverence of God? The God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When times have we not revered him? Or, Scripture would say, glorified him. Or how many times have we blatantly rebelled? Or chose to be offensive? There are sins of commission. That means sins we chose to do. There are sins of omission. That means when we knew the right thing, we didn't do the right thing. There are sins of imperfection that are simply going, we did something with kind of, it, it might have been the right thing, but the wrong motive. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> well, I know I'm going to do it. I mean, if I have to. I mean, listen, if you've been a child in a family, at one point in time. <laughs> You're imperfect, right? Scripture will say that we fail to image if we were created in God's image every time we don't look like God in his goodness. We fail to image our creator. That's sin. It's a rogue element in creation. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Mary said, sin is alien. It's something so foreign to the way it's supposed to be. Now, a lot of sin in this way is our moral failing, right? There are decisions we make, and, and that is certainly a big part of what sin is. But sin also acts upon us. Sin is something that happens to us. As Paul says, actually, through Adam's sin, death entered the world. That was never supposed to be part of God's story. So we have to deal with this thing called death, right? Death and taxes, those are guarantees in life. At least if you live here. <laughs> How about this? How many times have you ever felt like you were just wandering through the desert? Wandering without direction? Wondering? If there would be an oasis, sin has an effect. 
Sin affects us in a way that we feel like we're captive to certain things. In Ephesians, we heard Paul say, right, like, you were once part of these this desires of our flesh. How many of you have been captive to something where it's had more power? You've wanted to do something different, but man, did it own you, right? I know that's been true for me. How many of you have ever been afflicted? Afflicted by a sickness, an illness, Afflicted by divisions that you didn't know. Afflicted by a standing you didn't realize you had in the world. Or just felt like you were caught in a storm. Anybody ever feel like you were cursed? Why does this keep happening? Folks, sin is a part of our story. But here as Christians, here's one of the things that I love about being able to be a a Jesus follower is we don't have to run from it. We don't have to stick our head in the dirt and say, well, it's not real. We don't have to build up constructs in our life, put up scaffolding around our life to somehow perform or, or posture ourselves or pretend that we're something different or we're a part of something different. We can look at political arguments and go, yep, makes sense, doesn't it? (laughs) In a sinful world, look at the divisions. Makes sense. Actually, to believe their sin can begin to help us make sense of a senseless world. Did you know that? If you understand that there is sin and brokenness, that there is lawlessness, that things are not the way they're supposed to be, it can actually give you permission to go, wow, this just isn't right. Or how many times do you want to say, this just sucks? Right? Sin is a part of our story. But the truth is, it isn't the whole story. The goodness is, for us and for our world, it isn't what our life is supposed to look like. Now, I love this. I came across a couple images. All right, so often that's kind of what life feels like, amen? Just hanging out, polar bear, walking across the ice flow. They're completely fine with this. Okay, so my image, my illustration is going to fall short, so just deal with it. But they're walking around, and I think a lot of times we don't realize how unsteady life is. That's what sin does. It creates an unsteadiness. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And pretty soon what happens is, let's go one, two, three, aww. (laughs) And yes, they can swim. Come on, I know. (laughs) But before you know it, you feel stuck. Brian McLaren, he's a Christian author. I loved reading his work when I was a youth pastor because um, he just had a way of seeing the church in a, in a different way and in a way that I hadn't grown up in the church with. So um, it was a more playful, it was more adventurous. He, he explained truths for me about the faith that no matter how many classes I took, he could say in one sentence uh, more clearly what I could you know, probably say in 30 So here's one of his sentences. He says this uh, about what we're talking about today. He says, To everyone, Jesus issues an invitation. To everyone, Jesus issues an invitation to abandon the story 
they will lose themselves in. The sin story. And instead, to enter the story, they'll find themselves in. Right? The grace of Christ is available to us. The Christian truth. I believe that a person, we believe that a person comes into a right relationship with God. So despite our sin, right, despite everything that made us objects of wrath, Ephesians says, <laughs> by God's choosing, by God's grace, and by our believing in that, which is a gift in and of itself, we can be in a right relationship. Pandas, Pandora's box can actually be closed. Let's go back to Ephesians 2, 8-9, to and again, hear this, this, this key scripture for us. For it is by grace you have been saved, right? God's unearned, unmerited love through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, right? It's not something we can do. Otherwise, we didn't need Jesus. Otherwise, we needed an entirely different story of effort, of more education, of being better, and self-improvement. No, he goes, it's by Christ, not by our works, so no one can boast. I want to bring us back to Romans 5. Paul says this. So while Adam, right? Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, right? That's like a, one of those unifying principles. Sin is the great equalizer in life. We all share it. I think we've all proven that by now today, right? <laughs> I love 1 John, by the way, too, and I, I'm sure I've said this before. 1 John says, oh, and by the way, if you don't think you've sinned, you now have. <laughs> right? Like, boom, ha You know, and you're like, oh man, okay. You know, but while that brings condemnation for everyone, here's the good news. But Christ's one act of righteousness, righteousness, big word for rightness. <laughs> Christ's one act of rightness, righteousness, brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. So not only are you made right with God, but now you have the ability to live into that life. You, are, you have the ability to be the new creation. Verse 19, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given, he says, so that all people could see how sinful that they were. That was actually an act of grace. God said, you know what? I know not everybody understood. Romans 5 unpacks this a little bit more. Um, but he, he gave the law to help people see how they were living out of relationship with God. And then he created pathways back into that relationship through the law. So this was his grace. But listen to what happened. But as people sinned more and more, this is why self-improvement just doesn't work on your own. Even when God gives the law, did people improve? Well, look around, right? It didn't fix anything. People sinned more and more. God's wonderful grace, though, became more abundant. Even though sin seems rampant, even though it seems to be the, 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 the story of lives, uh, of our life, even though it seems to be the thing that just is prevalent, that is winning the day, what does it say? God's wonderful grace 
is more abundant. He goes on to say this, that so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, in life we're going to face thousands of deaths. Physical, emotional, through the loss of relationships and jobs, thousands of deaths through the regrets because of our failures. Death seems to master. But listen, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. The sin story that we can lose ourselves in, we certainly can, but it isn't the story. God's wonderful grace is more powerful, it's more life-giving It is the story, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life through Christ our Lord. We were created not just for life here, but life eternally with God. Sin separated that. It it disjointed it, but Christ said, no, I'm going to redeem, I'm going to restore, I'm going to make all things new. The good news that we believe as Christians are, you want to be in a right relationship with God? Then step into the story. That is true whether you believe it or not. That's the beauty is, I I, I really don't have to prove to you the truth of it, because actually the only way you're going to really understand the truth of it is by stepping into it and actually trying it on. So I'd just say, try it on. If you haven't, how's it going for you? We talked about last week with personal God, man. Tell you what, there is no object, no God on a thousand hills that can get you through the storms, that can keep the ship together when it feels like it's falling apart. There's only one God that I know of. There's only one God that loves you despite your failings. And in spite of the end, then believes the best in you, irregardless of what you've done or where you've been. And then goes, and I'm going to keep working with you, even if you prove more times than not you were who you were, not who you are. But guess what? I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm never letting you go. Even no matter how hard you try, Man, you are not outside of my hands. And if you say today you don't want to believe what I'm saying is true, guess what? God's still not giving up on you. That is the Christian God. That is the story of salvation. It is the story of a God. Save literally means the one who wants to rescue you, who wants to invite you into the story that will bring you life, and he wants to keep you. Brothers, sisters, I don't know about you, but that's good news. What the world is selling me, man, I really don't want want much of it. (laughs) It doesn't fill. It may for a little bit. But more often than not, I make the same mistakes. More often than not, I find there's a dead end to the road. Or in motorcycle terms, there's a stone road that a Harley's not supposed to go down. (laughs) But salvation in Christ 
means life and life eternal. And it's as easy as saying, this is my story. God, help me let this story open my eyes. Help me see. Let this be my story today. It's that easy, folks. Simple prayer. God, may your story be mine. Help me believe. Let's pray. God, thank you for the story of salvation. Or there's probably a thousand ways I could have talked about salvation. Today was this way. (laughs) But it never gets old. The story truly never gets old. It's amazing how your salvation keeps saving us day in and day out. It's an ongoing work as much as it's an already done work. Lord, that you rescue us in the midst of our storms. You're holding things together when we can't hold it together. You're forgiving us before we even make the mistake. Whether our mistake was by accident, whether it was by choice, God, you still forgive. And Lord, what makes this story beautiful is this is the story that when we give ourselves to it, we understand it, we can be truthful about who we are. We don't, we don't have to hide. Lord, I pray that we are a church community where we don't have to hide from each other. Lord, because we're all going to make mistakes, and we make mistakes with one another as well. But Lord, in that, Lord, not, don't, don't let us then just be able to go, oh yeah, see, we're just, we're just sinful, so deal with it. Lord, because uh, then we're taking your grace in vain. But help us then to rely on your grace and your forgiveness and let that change us. Lord, to lean into you who believes the best in us and, and, and go, God, help me to grow through this. And Lord, it may take a thousand steps to get there. But the beauty is, if we went a thousand, you're going ten. For you, ten thousand is no big deal. You'll go as long as you have to, as hard as you have to, and as kind as you have to. Sometimes even as put a little edge on if you need to. But to help us, Lord, that's what any loving parent would truly do. And you do. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for bringing us life. Thank you, Lord, as we're, we're getting ready to sing about a resurrection. Lord, because we've died in you, we've also been raised with you. Lord, that is salvation. Even death can lose its sting in your story because you are eternal. And we are, Lord, truly safe with you. So again, continue to breathe the life of that story, that salvation story, into our lives. Um, Lord, may it affect our hearts and our minds and how we are with others by your grace. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.